Hello. Thank you for listening and watching You Had Options. This week I have Ryan Murphy of the Venue Group on. Uh, they're doing a lot of cool things up in Huntsville. They're building the Huntsville Amphitheater. Uh, we talk about his plans with with uh, expanding Huntsville's, you know, uh, musical uh, footprint. You know, bring a lot more uh, voices to 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 artists that aren't being heard right now. Uh, very interested in seeing what they do up there in Huntsville. Um, yeah, thank you again. Make sure to subscribe on the YouTube. You know, you know the deal. Uh, go like us on Instagram at you had options. You can follow me on Twitter at you had options. Uh, I think I'm gonna start the Twitch back up. Twitch.tv slash you had options. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for for joining me. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me. Of course, uh, you seem like a very busy, busy guy. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't deny that. But it's always uh, like, yeah, I'm only busy because I feel like I'm just reshuffling all the same shit all the time. It's just <laughs> like all the obligations and the things I want to do and have to do need. To, it's just like constant, like exercise of just working the calendar yeah <laughs> and then i finally then i finally get to actually have the meetings like this <laughs> yeah yeah so you uh huntsville venue group for for people who don't know uh mm -hmm. you guys are building a amphitheater up in huntsville we are and so much more um right yeah so yeah huntsville venue groups um the huntsville extension of venue group which is, you know, um, we have projects in London, Austin, Nashville, LA, DC, Huntsville. And so I came over here two years ago to spearhead the Huntsville part of it. And that is to build this 8,000 seat amphitheater here in Huntsville, Alabama, along with, I mean, the promise that we gave was not only this 8,000 seat amphitheater on behalf of the city of Huntsville, but we are going to create more of a musical ecosystem by supporting local artists. Um, if we saw a need for smaller venues, you know, it's like, I think Alabama, um, I mean, there's so many areas in the Southeast, you know, I'm coming from Florida where it's the same thing. It's like, there's not enough great venues of all sizes, you know? So, I mean, I think the thing that we approach it, that's interesting. It's like how many cool 8,000 seat, venues have you been to? And I mean, cool is a relative term of like the people that operate it, do it the right way. Right. You know, um, you're not getting nickel and dimed. It's more of a cultural experience. You feel like the programming's done in a way that doesn't just bring in the acts that make a quick buck. Like it's, it's thoughtful. It's intentional. It's like, I don't, you don't see a lot of larger venues doing that you do on the club level. Cause it's people like you and I getting to, you know, force our musical tastes 
right. into a, a club, right? right? So, um, so to be able to do that on all different scales and that being our promise to the city, it's exciting. It's a, um, it's a cool way to come into North Alabama and start shaping us. Cause I, I didn't know anything about Huntsville, Alabama before I moved here. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, whenever I first saw that there is a Huntsville amphitheater being put together, I was like, surely that's not Huntsville, Alabama. That's like Huntsville somewhere else. And so I was, I was very surprised. And, uh, because yeah, like you're just saying in this area of the, of the country, it's, it's the bigger venues are going to be like, you know, um, kind of run understandably, you know, it's, it's a business too, but just, uh, you know, just like you were saying, making the the quick buck. So it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a cookie cutter model. It's, um, I think the reason why we got the gig to do this on the city is because the work I had done in Florida spoke to it, but it's like, it's a community amenity. It's a space that people can treat like it's theirs. It's not this like, I mean, that the amphitheater in a box kind of thing has bastardized the whole model where it's like you have this concrete slab, a metal roof over it, and then a big lawn, and then you call it an amphitheater. Right. I, I mean, what's the point of that? To me, there's no there's no real experience in that. They're, they're all well and good, but it's like by the time you're in the back, you're just looking at a big screen, you're drinking your $18 beer, and you're right. like, you're just leaving early so you can beat the traffic. That's like sums up what like that to me. Yeah. Right here, it's yeah. like it's such a different vibe. It's such a different experience as far as what we're trying to do. And it's like, you know, so many people working on this project or people, a lot of us are, have been musicians in the past. We've worked small, you know, we support a lot of the, the underground music communities where we come from, even Ben, who's our CEO. I mean, him being in Mumford and Sons, he's clearly like seen the world in a totally different way, but, uh, right. you know, he started by supporting the London underground music scene and still does to this day. And that's, that's kind of the seeds of this company. It's like really just investing in the local music community and a lot of the underground music community that hasn't had a chance to kind of break out. And it's like here in North Alabama in Huntsville, it's like, man, there's such an untapped, unappreciated hip hop scene that it's like, that's massive, you know? And it's like, they haven't had the spaces like a lot of these artists and performers. So we're hoping we're changing the tide with all of that, you know? Yeah. It's a, is, is when you guys get, like a new city to work in. Uh, do you guys already have like your ideas planned? Is it already planned out? Like completely? I don't know. Like what's, what's the first goal whenever you move to the venue group moves to a new city? So it's, I mean, um, I think, uh, just in general, the goal is to help create inventory of venues that those principles that we feel are important you know they're speak to the community they're 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 added value they're not just being shoved into a market so huntsville was interesting because before there was even venue group we took on this project and it's because the city had done a music audit through a company called sound diplomacy and they're based in the uk and they're pretty phenomenal they come into a city and a community and they do a full audit of local music infrastructure whether it be artists, recording studios, practice spaces, record labels, venues, they do a full scope of it. And then they identify the weaknesses and the strengths of it all, like a whole SWOT analysis. And then they give it back to the city 
in which this community you know exists and says here's what the city can be doing to really support it so for instance like you know they have recommendations to help change some of the curfew or noise ordinance stuff or mm. is the money you could put into some downtown venues because it looks like no one goes downtown for music because the two places that exist only really have cover bands mm. and that's kind of not the like music venue that you're trying to create so it's um it's so we followed the lead of them into this project and uh because they had primed this city to what was needed and an amphitheater was one of those suggestions but um as we look in other places it's kind of just more opportunity i mean nashville and austin and la and some of these places we're in in london it's not like those markets are you know needing right <laughs> more music venues but what they are needing, I feel like, is these venues that are mixed with really cool F and B and kind of operated in a way that's different. Um, we're not just set out to open music venues. They have to have like a complementary piece. It can be like a community theater space and or it could be like somehow integrated to more than just a let's see what concerts you're gonna have this year, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. do you do you have to have a lot of meetings with the the city of Huntsville? Mm-hmm. At least um yeah, several times a week for sure. And so it's um, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, and I, I, w- I wore that hat coming from Florida. You know, I've been in local government for a while. Oh, okay. And so I was a county director, which makes it makes this role easy for me because I come from the music world. Right. But I, also, I had to wear a hat that was a county director, bureaucratic, <laughs> to to do all the stuff we did in right. St. Ives festivals, all kinds of stuff. You know, but it's like I had to gain the trust of the the governmental process and system which i did you know and it's same here it's like but i i will say huntsville has a much more progressive take on where what where they want to go with their city and what they want it to look like so yeah i, I hats off to them because it's been it's I mean, all been because of them you know right so. yeah i know huntsville is projected to be the most populated city in alabama and i forgot when but not too long <laughs> You know, they a little while ago they said two to three years, and then a month ago they said by July. <laughs> I think, like, I mean, it seems like people are coming in every day for sure. So, yeah. and it's exciting. It's like the demographic has changed because Huntsville has been a city of, you know, government workers and engineers, and like yeah. just been an interesting take demographically. But now it's all of a sudden people our age with families who, are, what they found out was everyone that was living here was making money and spending it on concerts and, you know, music, but they're going elsewhere. They're going to Nashville or Birmingham or Atlanta. Right. So now we have the chance to do that here. And that's, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I know there's, especially now there's a big like tech boom kind of happening in Huntsville and obviously, you know, you know, the rocket program up there is a huge thing. There's definitely a rocket program. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you guys got to check out the uh, like uh, rocket camp or whatever they have up there? Yeah, man. Yeah, actually, we went to space camps space and they camp. gifted us. Yeah, they gifted us like flight suits and everything. So I had my own flight suit with my badge, and I got on that you know whatever it's called thing. Oh yeah. Zero whatever <laughs> um, flight simulator. Uh, but yeah, we did it. We did a quick like one hour hustle because the big thing for us is when we have artists come here and they're playing the amphitheater, they're playing any of the venues. We want to offer them the ability to go to space camp Ooh. or 
it's like, hey, do you want to go to space camp and check out the really cool stuff that's happening here in that way? Or do you want to go down the road to Muscle Shoals and get a really cool tour of Muscle Shoals Sound Studio or Fame? Or we have a good relationship with them currently. And um, nice. it's I think it's just exciting for anybody, whether it be Metallica or, you know, whomever to be like, do you want to go do something cool today? Because we got some cool options. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Uh... Hmm. I'd like to see Lars in the in the thing, <laughs> the Gravitron. Just yeah, yeah. let him go again. <laughs> well, the drum set that does that, doesn't it? Doesn't I he? Think so yeah, him or Tommy Lee, somebody. Tommy Lee had one, yeah. Mm. So yeah, for you to come from like punk rock, was it a was it a big shift? Like you were talking about getting into like bureaucratic stuff. Did you find yourself being like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> well, only at first. Um, yeah. And it comes from, you know, I'm from, I was in Gainesville for years. Right. And that's, you know, where I come from and um, in Florida. And so I had worked in so many of the venues there, you know, toured forever out of there, worked at a record label there, you know, so that's what I did. And then I had, I had gone to grad school and was working with this organization that was working with migrant farm workers and it was called Harvest of Hope. And I was wanting to put benefits together to help this foundation through my, my grad school work. And the band against me actually helped do the first one and helped raise money for this organization in Chicago by playing a benefit. And I said, we should do more of these. And I contacted this guy in St. Augustine and said, Hey, can we do one in St. Augustine? He said, um, let's do a festival a three-day festival. You take all your resources that you work with Tony and Fest and right. No Idea and all the Gainesville stuff. Let's take that and then let's pair it with a ton of hip hop and indie and all kinds of stuff. And let's have a three-day festival. So we did, we did two years of this Harvest of Hope festival and it was fantastic. Lost a ton of money. Um, <laughs> but, but the, the curation of it was fantastic and the experience was great. But in that, around that time period, they offered me a job in St. Augustine to work at this amphitheater that they were building and it was through the county. <clears throat> so I accepted the job and came over and that was my county position. And shortly after being hired as like the number two over there, the number one who was in charge got fired. And so it made me have to become the number one over there, which was a daunting task for sure out of the yeah. gate. And so I jumped in and had to learn, yeah, to balance the music side of it, the like, the punk rock DIY spirit, you know, and then kind of how do I put that in? And I mean, if you look at it, the very base, depending on your politics, it's like, Andrew, depending on your politics, it's like, it's not that far of a stretch to take some of that. You want to say hi, Andrew? Hello. What's up, man? Want some watermelon? Watermelon, yeah, man. Ship it down to Mobile. <laughs> I don't know if it would take. Nah, I, no, <laughs> I might be able to find one here. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, you take that like um, that fundamental piece of like, what should what should this government organization be doing for its community? Yeah. It's like I have some ideas coming from, you know, DIY community, underground music community. It's like, here's what I would do. You know, so I get to I get to incorporate. Sure. We had the John Legends and the Tony Bennett's and the Jack Johnson's and the Brad Paisley's. But it's like we had those major concerts, but it's like if I think it'd be really cool to have, I don't know, a festival that highlights all these local musicians and we bring in all these punk bands and blah, blah, It's like, I was able to do that as well. And it just made it more well-rounded. So I think where I come from kind of helps round it out. 
you know? I think so. Yeah. Um, like in our area down here, um, on the Gulf coast, like any, I'm sure it's like this most places, but like any bigger festival or bigger show coming through, it's tough for, um, independent artists to get on, you know, yeah. just, yeah. just because there's such like a, so much, uh, you know, obviously they got to have huge, huge acts, duh, mm-hmm. but like there seems to be this, uh, no, no way in for independent artists. So it seems, I, f- I feel like you guys are doing a cool thing by, uh, keeping that in mind when you guys are taking yeah. on these huge projects. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep in, you got to, I mean, we all come from there. So I think that's the, that's the thing that helps, you know? Yeah. So it's like, um, then we all, yeah. I mean, that's where the, that's where the lifeblood of all of this is. I mean, you know, that's where bands, every artist starts at that level, or at least, you know, fundamentally they started at that level. So it's, you got to support that. I think, I mean, if you just have this big venue in your city that just attracts like Metallica and Lady Gaga and whomever else throughout the year, maybe right. now there's something you're going to want to see. That's cool. That's yeah. like, who gives a shit it's just like having a ball field it's like i mean it's just more of a spectator thing than it is anything that moves the needle musically so if we can do stuff i mean even on an eight thousand seat amphitheater we're going to figure out a way to do some really cool local music showcases really do some like cooler festivals out there that can speak to different aspects of the mm-hmm. community whether it be hip-hop punk metal all that kind of stuff so it's like it's not going to be a one-trick pony i think um that's the stuff in St. Augustine we were able to do. It's like we had, you know, I would have bands from Gainesville come over all the time. I would have like, you know, the Mesthetics, the new Fugazi band come over and play the front porch for free during a market because it was just like, I thought that was cool. And yeah. there'd be people who would appreciate it. You right. Know? So it's like, that's the kind of stuff that, that, I don't know, that creates a really cool aspect of community and I feel people can get behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you can't, uh, you can't buy that sort of thing. You know, you can't throw money. You can't just have somebody just throw money at that sort of thing. It takes like, like a intention, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of intention, a lot of intention to, to think of it well-rounded. And it goes beyond just like what you and I are into too. So when I speak of, like, sure. I mean, there's, there's so much of a neglected segment of North Alabama and that hip hop community. And that like, they've had no outlet, you know, and these right. artists are like, no wonder they go to Atlanta go or to Memphis, Atlanta. Yeah. like, you know, cause it's like, well, there's no, no one gives a shit here or no one's supporting it. So if I can take that city funding and like progressive vision at this point and kind of shove it into the, all this, it's like, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, a Huntsville being directly in between Memphis and Atlanta it's gotta be tough to keep hip hop artists there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So hoping to change that, you know, there's a, there's a community that it's just thriving here and it could be, so it's exciting to me because it's, it's more diverse than, you know, anything I've come to and from at this point. So it's exciting. It feels like my world is growing just by being here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, talking about, all this is making me think of, of, of mobile cause we have like a convention center, uh, mm-hmm. or a civic center, sorry, that all these huge bands played in the seventies. And then for some reason, it, bands just stop, 
and they've never come back. And so this is like, and also with like bigger tours, it feels like even new Orleans in this area will get skipped over sometimes for, for whatever reason. So, yeah. Mm. It's interesting, you know, and it's like coming from Florida, I'm, I'm used to this. Like, you know, I reach out to, you name an artist, even if it's like a Bonavere or like the yeah. national or like there's certain, certain artists that I was like, I oh, mean, this would be cool to have this. Band. They're like, yeah, we don't really play Florida. Right. All right. Yeah. Like Florida is a big cul-de-sac, you know, once you get in, you got to turn around and find yeah. a way out and, you know, and I would always be like, well, just come to St. Augustine. We're right here. It's interesting. It's like the same conversation with some of the stuff with Alabama and that way of like, yeah, we usually skip Alabama on our tours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, now we have a reason for you not to. So get to learn Alabama. And it's like, so they're having me speed at, speak at the, um, the governor has like some state of tourism event coming up in August. And I'm going to go down there and speak. And, uh, nice. but it's very much this, it's like, how are we putting not just Huntsville, but Alabama back into a conversation of like, you, you, you may think, you know what Alabama is, but you don't, yeah. you know, cause I can speak from, I mean, I wasn't that far away over in Florida, but I had no idea what Alabama was all about until I actually got here. My, my idea was lower Alabama, just traveling through. I mean, I think mm. back in, back in the nineties, maybe playing some shows in mobile right. on our way to New Orleans. Right. But it's like, you know, like Pensacola and or mobile and, yeah. or, you know, it's like, but that was like house shows, right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, so it's interesting. So it's like, I'm, uh, I think I have the chance to speak from experience. Like, Hey, everybody start paying attention. There's actually some cool stuff happening in Alabama and hopefully, hopefully Alabama is growing in a direction to where it's like similar to Georgia where mm. it's like, it's way more diverse politically, culturally, et cetera, than you would ever think. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, what, what's a big, uh, a a big thing you didn't expect, you know, moving to Alabama. What's, what's something you didn't expect? Um, I think of a lot, I actually think a lot of it has to do with the geography, like the, mm-hmm. uh, the mountains and the rivers and that, like, so we moved, my family and I moved up on top of one of the mountains here and some of the nice. most diverse like ecosystem. It's like, I can hike for hours across the street from my house and not see a single human for like eight hours, just hiking through the forest, waterfalls, caves, like all kinds of shit, you know? And I'm like, all, all the land trust and the, the, the state park and all the work that's been done in this area to preserve a lot of that lower Appalachian mm-hmm. foothills and the mountains, it's gorgeous. So it's like, so there's that part of it. And then the demographic really surprised me. I mean, Huntsville's not, it's not all good old boy. You know, it's not, there's, there's been a heavy influence by the engineers, the multicultural international for years now, you know, and I think um, people here in Huntsville are happy. So I think I'm surprised a lot by just, just, yeah, uh, Alabama in general. I mean, it's just like, it's not what I expected. It's so much more diverse. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the argument for a lot of the states in the South who feel like, Right. Between Alabama, I mean, Florida is a fucking quagmire, so Florida doesn't count. But it's like Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Kentucky. You know, there's these states that like, man, they, there's some really great, cool shit happening. And it's gorgeous. And there's people trying to do the right thing. But it's like, 
it, I think it gets ignored or I think it gets overlooked in a lot of ways. So hopefully we can change that on a certain level. Yeah, I think so. I think you, I think you guys will. Cause yeah, it's like traveling around talking to people and they'll be like, you don't sound like you're from Alabama. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can speak. Yeah, that's true. Hey y'all. I yeah. Have, I have most yeah. of my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's obviously those, it's those stereotypes. I think it's, it's funny. Cause I've, I've been in parts of Canada or right. I've been in the, you know, I go outside of, you go outside of Portland an hour and it's like, man, I see the scariest, more rednecks, like scary, like yeah, just trappings than I do in parts of Alabama. I yeah. mean, it's like, I saw more rebel flags in Canada than I have since I've moved to North Alabama. Yeah. And that, that's just a, like, yeah. So it's like, it's funny how you geographically things get, you know, Oh, Alabama. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Oh yeah. It's great. I remember we were driving. Uh, it's funny. You, you say Canada has a lot of rednecks. We were driving from Toronto to, to Quebec and we stopped to get gas or something. And these French rednecks, I was so like, I was like, I felt like I was on a different planet. I was like, this is, this is strange. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. It's funny, man. It's just, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a thing in certain rural areas, but yeah, it's funny. And it's, it's funny looking at like in the signature of my email, I think my work email, it has like London, New York, Huntsville, Austin. And people are like, wait, what? Yeah. What what is Huntsville? And there's one in Texas and there's one in Alabama. Like both have a, yeah, an interesting question mark attached to it. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's funny. I think the more and more people are kind of scratching the surface of this area, they find out about Von Braun and like how the, like the U S brought over Nazi you right. know, scientists to work on the space program. It's like yeah. Huntsville. We don't really talk about that here in Huntsville. I'm like, well, it's pretty fascinating, you know? And, uh, I think there's that show that, um, the Nazi hunter show yeah. on Amazon. If it, yeah. There's a whole episode with Huntsville and I think right. it, it kind of, it was yeah. funny, but it pretty nailed, it nailed it. Right. Isn't, isn't the like convention center Von Braun convention center or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's named after the man. So yeah. Makes yeah. It it's think. an interesting. Yeah. 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 For sure. But I mean, you know, like with it, with it came a lot of really cool things. It's just, that's a, a piece of the story. That's so interesting to me that they tell, they have to figure out a way to tell it in a way that goes, wait, German scientist around that time. Right. So I'm going to say a Nazi scientist. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it just happened to be uh, a prisoner of war we brought over. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, just, just, you know, yeah. don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Wow. Um, I've got some like lightning round questions. If if you want to do those, I know. Oh, you're a busy man. Are you drinking wine right now? Yep, ice cold uh, Chardonnay. Yep. <laughs> it's a uh, no coffee. No coffee all day long. Oh man, uh, is there a venue up there that's inside the mountains, like in a cave? Yeah, um, <clears throat> there's it's it's not in the cave, but it's a cool part of the land trust on the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. It's called Three Caves. Yeah, Andrew just went to a, a concert there. It was pretty awesome. We're gonna try to start doing stuff there. You have to do it very 
respectfully and tastefully through the land trust. Mm. So it's like all of a sudden, I don't know, we're going to have like teenage bottle rocket and you know, whatever, like, which I think they're playing tonight. I think they're playing tonight here. Yeah. Fractal brewing. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, I saw there's fractals doing a lot of really cool shows. A lot of like Brendan coming through. Yeah. There's a bunch of people coming through. So we're hopefully start working with them. That'd be cool. Who who would be a, a dream cave band? Nick Cave. Ooh, that makes sense. Maybe Nick just cave. Nick Cave, Cold Cave. Uh, oh yeah, that's it. That's all you need. That's that's a pretty gloomy show. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Nick cave, Nick cave. Yeah. Get a Suno in there or whatever. One of those weird like Doom. I, I think they'd like vibrate. I think like there'd be like. A rock slide or something. Oh, people get trapped. <laughs> people get trapped yeah. in the cave. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Let's see. What's your uh, favorite truck stop slash gas station on the road? It was always Flying J. I mm. mean, for years, and um, I know they've upgraded significantly since the Wawa and like all the ones that have like come online recently, but it was always the flying J because being on the road, that was the only ones we could find that had the, the individual like poop stalls that had like a door all the way down and like the wall, like you had your own privacy to go to the bathroom as opposed to like weird feet or hands, like the people just like looking at you. (laughs) Babies crawling (laughs) under. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Flying Jay. I'm still a fan of Flying Jay. Oh, man. What's the uh, worst <laughs> punk rock bathroom you've had to go number two in? I was actually talking about this the other night with my wife and, <laughs> and Andrew and wife because we were talking about um, just, you know, everybody has their rituals. They're like right. a lot of pre-show. Like mine was always like um, it was just the superstitious. Oh, man, I better poop before I play on the road. And I think Gilman was the time. I think playing Gilman and I thought it was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm pooping in Gilman before the doors open. Cool. But that bathroom was terrible and there was no bathroom backstage or so I had to run out and like, before people started coming in the door, go to the bathroom. And it's like, yeah, I had to beyond that. There was, there's some gnarly European stories cause you're just pooping in a hole a lot of the times. But, um, but yeah, I think Gilman Gilman was the, like, I thought it was going to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I was pooping at Gilman, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh man, I've I've seen pictures of the Gilman bathroom. It looks it looks pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's gnarly. Gnarly as <laughs> hell. What's uh, <laughs> what's the last tattoo you got? Um, I think it was this one. Yeah, it was this one, and it was actually after it says onward. It was a part of the symbol of the. It was actually Mumford and Sons came to San Augustine and did a huge city takeover festival and it had Justin Towns Earl and it had like a lot of really great, great bands are playing and um, uh, John Fogarty played it and it was wild. So I helped, I helped produce it. It was this huge thing called Gentleman of the Road and that was one of the things. And after that concert happened, I got that tattooed. It was several years back. But because of that concert, I'm here. I'm partnered with Ben and a lot of the people. So pretty significant. Wow. Yeah. Weird serendipity or whatever you want to say. Yeah. yeah. What, meant uh, to be. meant to be. What's, uh, what's your worst borders slash customs experience? 
Oh man, I feel like it was actually, um, it was in on our way to Oslo. It was a ferry experience. We've had some gnarly ones. It was always in Europe. Um, the Canada gnarly stories are just about being denied and missing a ton of shows, which was a fucking bummer. Right. But the um, the one in Oslo, we were on a ferry. We got separated and taken to different rooms and basically told, you know, we're going into Norway and um, they're basically telling us like, they would tell me that, Hey, your friend, our drummer has just told us everything. He told us, you know, what you guys are up to, where the drugs are, what you've been doing, like, so you better, like, they just were trying to play everybody against each other. And it's like, we had no drugs. We weren't doing anything weird. And it was just like, but they did this weird intimidation factor. And then uh, it's like, it sounds terrible, but they dragged the the drummer and I in and we're sitting there and um, they're basically telling us like, you know, like, they're just speaking in a little bit of broken English, but being like, where is your sack? Where is your sack? Do you sit on top of your sack? And like, we're just nervous. And we just started busting out laughing because we we're like, are they asking us if we sit on our sack? What does that mean? Right. And so we're just laughing. And uh, we had gotten robbed in Miami before this tour. So we were wearing like hand-me-down, like whatever clothes we could have found before we got on the plane to go to Europe, which is a totally different story. But I was wearing a jacket that was like two sizes too small. And I was laughing and they go, why are you laughing? Lift up, lift up your arms. And I lift up my arms and my, the sleeves like just ripped <laughs> because it was too small on me. And then we just start laughing and we were laughing so hard. It seemed like we were like high as shit or something, right. but it detained us forever. And it was just the, it was just a, I mean, it wasn't that much of a nightmare. Worst things could have happened. And, gnarlier things have happened but we almost missed our show which ended up being like one of the coolest shows i feel like we've ever played oslo oslo is such a cool city and yeah. norway's just up so yeah that was about it damn dude yeah they're trying to get you guys to crack yeah you know we've had similar things with that it's like texas was always gnarly where they pull us over and they they're like we're gonna search the van you you have to turn around and face the this way you can't look, watch us search the van and it's like Oh man, that sounds bad. Cause we're going to turn around and you're going to go, what is this? We found it's right. like obviously the shit you just put in there, asshole. Right. So it was always that like, Oh man, don't do this. And at some point they told us it smelled like a dead body. So they were looking for a dead body. And I'm like, we're just five punk dudes on tour. We just smelled terrible. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> there's not, there's maybe some like a vegan burrito underneath the, like <laughs> right. the, the luggage or whatever, but it's not a dead body. <laughs> Ah, they're gonna plant a whole bunch of like pirated you know dvds in there maybe yeah ah. Ah, what is all this yeah what is uh, all this mr you know i think warner brothers are be very interested in this uh, <laughs> oh man what's the most expensive t-shirt you bought oh shit i don't know Oh, no, I recently bought, um, I'm trying to think of shirts I bought recently. I bought, um, I think through Kathleen Hanna's um, mm. shirt company, she did. There's one of that. It's that epic shot of uh, Guy and Brendan from Fugazi where he's hanging upside down in the basketball right. thing. They made a t-shirt of it. And, you know, Fugazi obviously didn't have shirts. So it's like, but they okayed this one to be made because the proceeds go to the photographers foundation that did that shot back in the nineties or whatever. And so I think that was like uh, 28, 30 bucks, but totally worth it. Yeah. 
and like a badass shirt that I'll wear forever, but also the cause was really good. So I think, Damn. yeah, that's a, really, yeah, yeah it's it was a, a worthy one. It's an iconic picture too. You know, people know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what? Sure. What's the uh, since you know you you do all these shows with with bigger touring acts? Uh, what's the most expensive shirt or the craziest expensive shirt that you've seen? Um, there's all kinds. The silliest one I saw was, um, and I like I like him. I, I guess I like him, but I'll say John Fogarty was interesting. We had him a couple times, and John Fogarty rocks his like. He's got the bandana right. and the, like, the plaid shirt, the CCR look or whatever, right? So he goes out on the stage and he has like his bandana and like a little red button up like plaid, you know, shirt that he plays. And at the merch stand, they have that shirt and it basically says, buy the shirt that John Fogarty wears for $100. Oof. And everybody's like, yeah, and everybody's freaking out. And then people are buying it, but not understanding he's it's he's never worn this shirt it's not a, a show worn shirt it's yeah not, yeah it's he's not sweating in the shirt you just bought you just bought the shirt that looks like the one he's wearing on stage so a bunch of people getting pissed about that and going i thought this was a shirt he, you know it's just like uh kind of on you to not figure out that you just bought a hundred dollar plaid shirt right <laughs> i guess they weren't giving out you know letters of authenticity on uh, yeah yeah shirts. yeah yeah, it's just a dicky shirt or something. I don't know. Oh man, man. John Fogarty's got it figured out. He does. What's uh what's your perfect pizza? Um it's actually I'm a big fan of anchovies. I don't know if that's um Ooh. thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean I was vegan for so many years mm. and uh not being vegan anymore the only um i think the pizza I, and i never had i had an aversion to cheese ever since i was a kid but mm. i found a love recently for cheese on pizza and for me anchovies maybe an onion like a real breath killer i guess <laughs> so yeah anchovies man i fucking love anchovies for some reason I, yeah that's the perfect pizza for me the smell is terrible but i can eat them i enjoy i don't i don't i don't know i don't get it I love it, man. And I think um, I've been thinking about that a lot because coming from St. Augustine, Florida, where I could like literally just on my way home, see them bringing shrimp and fish and all this stuff, seafood off the boat and literally just grab it and take it home. Being in North Alabama, I don't have that luxury of mm. getting accessibility to seafood. So I've been thinking about seafood a lot. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and to follow up the, the perfect pizza question, uh, what do you want on your tombstone? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't even know if I want a tombstone, but um, that's a good question. Um, you tried, mm. <laughs> right? That's he good. tried, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. He tried. That's what I want. <laughs> and, then, you know, and then you know you, you and you'll be set up for like you know the tourists to come through and and see and they'll be able to to kiss the he tried you know yeah 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 leave me alone he tried that's it and people go yeah fair enough that's fair that's a fair (laughs) statement that's a very like uh larry david seinfeld like uh, he tried (laughs) well ryan well we've we've gone about 40 minutes here man uh do, do you have any closing words of wisdom or 
so uh, you know i don't know no um the only thing i'll say is you know it's like i've been i've been beating the drum for florida my whole life which is what you know for better for worse i feel like now all of a sudden i'm over here in northern alabama beating this drum for alabama telling yeah. people to like give it a chance it's like i will say much love to my people in florida but i will say that 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 this endeavor feels way more fruitful and positive and optimistic and forward-facing here in alabama than i ever felt in florida it felt like in florida there's cool shit. i obviously love tony and the fest right all all my love for the people in gainesville and st augustine and you know tampa and orlando i mean there's people doing great things but it's like you're pushing a boulder up a mountain all the time in florida where i feel like here in alabama there's like a tide turning mm. and i think it's um yeah there, there's an opportunity to kind of yeah keep doing what you're doing and i'm keep doing what i'm doing and there's people in birmingham that are really starting to like yeah. turn some corners and some cool shit. so i think yeah i don't know i just we got to keep trying make make the places we live and we care about cool for sure yeah I th- i'm excited to see what you guys are able to do in huntsville i think it's yeah, like you're saying, I think uh, it's poised for something to to pop off. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Wow. Well, stay on for a second, but uh, Ryan, you had options, but you decided to talk to me today, and I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know what I have next, so it's just <laughs> <a bit. laughs>